What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up, what's up, uh, what's up, guys? Yep. See how that works? Wait, who's yeah, see? Yeah. We're my house. Yeah. Recording your podcast. Becoming Kings podcast with my brother, Pete, who is becoming a king just like me. Actually, we're kings. We're born kings uh, by last name, but not necessarily by behavior just like We are more like uh, jokers. <laughs> what, are, what are the ones that, like, gestures? Jugglers? No, like, but back in the days of, uh, of kings, yeah, the, gestures. the jesters that come in and like entertain the kings. Yeah. Which, by the way, so interestingly enough, the jester is perceived to be the most intelligent of all archetypes because his fucking life was on the line. And if you're a comedian and you're making fun uh, of the king and you're poking the bear, yeah, you got to know precisely that balance to be able to to get him to laugh so that all the subjects. Go, yeah, yeah, he's relatable. He's like one of us. He gets it. Yeah. And also not go too far to where he's like, all right, off of his head. So. Makes sense. I mean, nowadays, if, you, if you're if you a football coach and you suck, then you just get fired. But back in the day, you'd get your head taken off. Exactly. So, yeah. So, here we are with the Becoming Gestures podcast. <laughs> yeah, Becoming Gestures. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> um, it's not been – it's not the first time uh, – oh, I'm coming in hot. It's not the first time – that uh, I've had my brother on the podcast. It won't be the last, I'm sure. I'm at his place here in St. Louis. Uh, I have several brothers. I'm the middle. Um, and Pete, my older bro, I very much admire in the way that you, you're like a voracious reader. You really do like to get into like the nitty-gritty of shit, um, whether it be politics or conspiracy theories, although... I was watching that video. That's why it comes to my mind um, that you just sent me. Yeah. And conspiracy theorists get a bad rap, but it's just anytime people have an opinion about other people who are conspiring. And we all conspire in different ways. But uh, I think there's a lot of things that you bring up a lot of valid points. You're a very good debater. Uh, and you've gone deep on crypto recently. Yes. Which I'm excited to get into because I don't know shit about crypto. I'm invested but I really don't. Like I told you the other day, I don't know where my money is. Right. <laughs> I don't know what it's doing. How to get it out. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Uh, I just am grateful that I'm actually in the game. But this is going to be a really good podcast to remind me um, what why I chose in, <laughs> what, what, what I'm doing, uh, which I think is uh, where a lot of people are, you know, is they're like, okay, I've heard about crypto. There's a lot of buzz about it. There's a lot of talk about it. But why? And what is it? And technology? And so I wanted this podcast to be the the 101, the beginner version, if even selfishly for me to come back to and be like, okay, what do you say about how does that work? Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks for, being, thanks for being on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. I will say uh, we should preface all of this to say that this is for informational purposes only. I'm not a... Uh, financial you're planner. A, I'm not a uh, advisor. You're a crypto jester. You're just <laughs> an entertainer yes. of crypto information. Yes. Um, so take that for what it's worth. This is for information, informational purposes only. Please do your own due diligence. Go to your own tax professionals, your own financial professionals, because I am not one. And, you know, assuming that you're this isn't your first podcast of, of listening to my Becoming Kings, but if it is, then that's good for you to know. But if it isn't, then you already know that you probably really shouldn't take anything that I say <laughs> as, uh, as truth. Uh, I just bring up good, good things to think about and conversations to be had. But We should also probably say, if you're a new listener, that uh, maybe you've gotten this feedback before, but apparently we sound somewhat similar. Okay. So it might be kind of hard to know who's talking or whatever, but 
I'll go back in uh, post-production and do a little like chime. Remember on the the old books that we used to listen to when we were little? You'd be ding, and then you'd change, you'd turn the turn the page or something like that, right? So we'll do that. Well, I'll have a sound for me, and you have a sound for you. Perfect. I think that'll be good. <clears throat> yeah. So let's just start off like uh, a. Wh- why is crypto so revolutionary? Why is it so? Uh, yeah, life changing. And yeah, why is it like? What is this? Is is it just like? Oh, we're no longer using paper money, and now we're just going to start using our uh, a digital wallet. So we have our stuff like our credit cards on our phone. Right. It's, it's not that, but explain. Yes. So a lot of this was born out of the financial uh, collapse and the financial catastrophes of 2008. If you've seen the movie, The Big Short does a great job of sort of explaining what <coughs> happened economically and why, um, why we're sort of in this precarious position in the first place. So yeah. um, <clears throat> after the whole financial meltdown and frankly, corruption and, um, the exposure to all the corruption that was happening at very high levels within the government and um, uh, central banking and uh, all of that, there was a lot of people that saw it for what it was and said, you know, we need a new system. And um, there is a person named Satoshi, uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name, Satoshi Nakamura or something like that, um, who is this ambiguous individual or maybe group of people we don't even actually know but they created Bitcoin Uh. and it was essentially a uh, trying to solve the problem. uh, What is the problem with the economic structure? It's that it's centralized. And so you have central players that pull levers and push buttons and manipulate and affect at this point, the entire global infrastructure, the entire global economy. um, And it's corrupt and it's not fair. And it's, um, you know, it, it puts, favoritism and stuff like that i should say before we uh let me interrupt before we went away from the fiat system was there as much manipulation when we were actually there was the gold standard uh that's a great question i mean i don't know how you'd actually measure that per se but when you have a gold standard there's only so much fiat currency that you can create that has gold backing to it so gold creates sort of an a, a natural accountability because you can't go print gold. Right. Right. You can mine right. gold, but even when you're mining it, there's labor, there's cost, there's right, and you can't just create an infinite supply. And with Bitcoin there is there's not an infinite supply. Correct. Which so is of all the of all the traits of sound money, Bitcoin not only checks all those, but it actually is even better in some regards, and we can get into this later if you want. But um, <clears throat> for all the reasons why gold has been historically a a sound um, transfer of you know of value. Um, Bitcoin meets those objectives and is also more portable. Uh, you can carry around a hundred million dollars in your pocket if mm-hmm. you want to mm-hmm. with, with crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do with gold. You can't do it very effectively. <laughs> right, right, right. Unless you have a train or a, oh, a covered wagon. Which, you know, we might be getting back to that. And quite honestly, that's kind of a cooler way to roll into a place. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 that's true. <clears throat> Very true. But, yeah, you're not going to necessarily see rappers, you know. Or, with Bitcoin or with, with Bitcoin with their... You can't see it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how much is on this? You have no idea. That's a good idea. So started with Bitcoin. So started with Bitcoin. But, but Which, to me, and this is, you were saying at the beginning of the podcast, like I'm, I get in the nitty gritty and stuff. What I'm really actually looking for is is bedrock. I'm looking for foundations of truth to then build on. And for me, being a very why-driven personality, I don't like getting in a boat and starting to row in a direction if I don't know where the rudder's pointing me. Yeah. I don't want to get up all the, you know, miles and miles and miles away and then realize, oh, I'm running in the wrong direction. Yeah. So I like to get all the way to the bedrock and realize. So to me, the whole reason why crypto has even shown up was because I'm like, oh, if the fiat currency is manipulated, anything I build on top of that becomes subject to the, all that manipulation. Mm-hmm. And so my mind goes to like, well, where's, where could I go to where there's less fuckery? Yeah. <laughs> um, that said, there is a lot of fuckery. There's a lot of scamming. There's a lot of stuff in crypto. So this is not to say that that 
makes that all go away. Humans are going to be humans wherever we go. Yeah. But um, but there is tangible objective principles within the foundation of crypto and specifically <laughs> Bitcoin that make it much less difficult to manipulate. I think it's good that we're self-proclaimed jesters <laughs> who found themselves on fuckery and yet we're seeking truth through, you know, and everyone who I think uh, is into crypto and why it's, it's, like you said, decentralizing, getting it out of the hands of people who are going to manipulate and, you know, pull the wool over our eyes yes. and, and just pull the levers for their benefit, right? Yes. <clears throat> so that makes all, that, that all makes sense. Starts with Bitcoin, but then the, the, the bedrock or the foundation of the technology in Bitcoin. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yes. So first and foremost, just to, before I answer that question, I like the idea, if we're to sort of spiritualize this for a second, yeah. I like that the, the entire birth of this whole ecosystem was coming from more freedom, more accountability, um, um, taking the powers away from central players mm -hmm. so that it, it creates a more even playing field so just from an energy standpoint because you know you we have talked a lot about that too in terms yeah. of energy yeah the energy that the seed that this was planted is coming from that energy spiritually of freedom and decentralization so i like that so to answer your question about the security so <clears throat> everybody's probably heard by now the term blockchain yeah do you understand what blockchain is not really no so the simplest way that I can explain it, which is also, ironically, the only way that I know how to explain it, because this is all I, <laughs> yeah. this is, again, I'm not an expert in this space, um, but blockchain, if you think of blockchain as, um, for lack of a better term or a better analogy, a, a glorified spreadsheet, okay. right, with all those cells on it, yes. okay, if you think of each of those cells as a block, yeah. the way the blockchain works is there's, there's data that gets put into one of those blocks, right, and then you have validators all around it. And it asks the first validator, like, is this accurate information? Yes, it is. Okay, well, let me ask the second validator. Is this the same? And do you guys agree that this is the same information? And you go all the way around, and not until 51% of the validators uh, agree, then once over 51% of the validators agree that that um, data in that blockchain is, is accurate, again, somebody who's more versed in this and better technologically will be able to better explain it. As far as I'm concerned, if we can understand at least just the concept, yeah, yeah. then we can kind of move forward. So yeah. I'm just only looking to, to understand the concept. So the concept essentially is once more than 51% of validators approve that that information is accurate and consistent with each other and they all agree, then that block then gets added to the chain. So if you think of like a long lane of a long line of blocks yeah. creating a chain, so that new block gets added and now it cannot be re removed, it cannot be changed. So the only way that you can actually uh, hack the system is if you somehow have access to over 51% of the network. So that the cost and the and, and the net think of the internet. Can you yeah. imagine like trying to control, control. 50, yeah, it's 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 nearly impossible to to penetrate that concept in and of itself. But the blockchain itself also has other encryption in it that goes beyond my pay grade that I don't fully get. But it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's much more advanced. I what I like uh, about that too is, <clears throat> I mean, we've talked about it in various other disciplines. But um, to hear you say the first two things you said were accountability and freedom. You know, yeah. and a lot of people associate accountability or discipline with a lack of freedom, right? But here's a, a good example of how. You kind of need certain uh, boundaries um, or constraints or, yeah, structure. rules, structure yeah. to create uh, the game in which we're all choosing to play. Otherwise, if everyone is a free-for-all, then, then chaos. it's chaos, yeah. right? <clears throat> so I think that's, uh, that is pretty cool, but that makes sense. But the, even with a, a block of the chain, can that block not be deleted? Okay, so you have information out there, but it, it I'm thinking about public, like it becomes all of this is on a public ledger. Okay, so anybody and everybody has access to that the, the certain information in that block. Okay, <clears throat> um, so it cannot be deleted unless you have. Well, I, I can't even say unless. I, I don't believe that it can even be 
Delete. So it's not like it's a Once that black uh, is put on the chain, it gets... a web page or URL on right. the internet. And it's not like you have a website and then you decide to delete the website and it's gone. Uh, it's not really like the internet. It's we'll save that for the two hundred two discussion. Okay, okay. Well, that's that's good because I'm know. obviously very advanced, very quickly growing, in my knowledge. Um, so, and the whole idea uh, to what you're saying earlier is so that's decentralized. Decentralized, highly secure. Highly secure. Yep. Um, and cent- decentralized, but centralized from the standpoint of that, the whole world will be operating on on cryptocurrency eventually and there won't be currency of the US and currency of Great Britain currency of Canada it, it would just will we all just be using bitcoin so we're talking about two different things you're talking about number one currencies yeah um and then we're also talking about blockchain the technology and, this, and the technology in okay. this entire ecosystem right 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 so what's happening right now is there is essentially a parallel ecosystem being built parallel infrastructure that's being built using blockchain technology mm-hmm. okay so all of this stuff is being built they're calling it web 3 right you remember back in the day we had web point web One, and then 2.0 yeah, yeah, yeah. right which was like social and all that and now yeah. we have and so this is now web 3 and <clears throat> what it's doing is is it's providing a much higher level of security it also um decentralizes the power it decentralizes the data as well if you wanted to so we can now create on this new infrastructure, knowing what we know now. Uh, like think of how much we handed over to the technocrats of all of our information, all of our mm-hmm. um, behavioral data, all of that data is beyond, I think even what tuned in people realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, so, um, it's so powerful because you can predict behavior, you can manipulate behavior if you know uh, psychology. If you know how people work, you can you can really move the herd. Um, kind of like the social dilemma. Exactly. That, that'll make you want to get off social media in a heartbeat. Exactly. And I think <clears> that's <throat> honestly just scratching the surface. Yeah, I bet. Um, so anyway, this this really is a response to that, and it's a shift back to power back to the people, etc. So the so the ecosystem is being built on blockchain one of which is cryptocurrency so one of which is monetary policy essentially yeah but there's you know as you know there's the nft craze there's so much stuff um being made there's games being built there's new applications there, it's it's a parallel ecosystem mm-hmm. I, like and i think eventually we're going to move completely away from all the web to as things get upgraded and you know things will just be built more on the blockchain technology mm. so the investment the energy the attention is starting to move in that direction but again we're just we're just just now at the t- you know at the tip of the iceberg we're still in the in the early adoption stage of this whole space how does it affect uh i mean this is a pretty fucking big question how does it affect governments banks all this stuff cuz i you know i've invested in let's say xrp or whatever so i can transfer money you know without having to go through and wait 24 hours i can instantaneously transfer wire funds to you if i want to buy your car or whatever or buy your house like so i don't have a middleman it cuts out a lot of different industries it cuts out i feel like a lot of people who have power or not people but corporations yep. you know so how does that what what do you see as the biggest like this is going to obviously this is going to continue to change the landscape of the world in which we live in 100%. massively. I mean, by the time we're 80, 90, like with the metaverse and everything else, like life is just going to be very different in many ways. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think we're seeing that right now. I think <clears throat> depending on how far someone has gone down the rabbit hole, um, it's becoming more and more clear every day how much the corporations have been um, working together uh, that are in bed with the technocrats that are in bed with, government officials um, there's a lot of uh, for lack of a better term there's a lot of shenanigans going on in the world right now mm-hmm. on a corporate i.e. power level corporations and governments merging together for shared interests yeah um, we might call that fascism right so there's this global sort of fascistic um, uh, exposure that's happening right now yeah and to answer your question what it's doing is it's to me I, I see it as like a release valve it's an escape hatch right so as people start to 
move their time, attention, investment, capital, everything to uh, blockchain, crypto space, you're, you're removing the power from the people who have been abusing it. Mm -hmm. So if you don't use, for example, this is actually a really good takeaway if somebody wants to write these things down. If you don't use Google anymore and you go use DuckDuckGo, who at least as of this recording this morning, has yeah. been, the purpose of DuckDuckGo is to, we're not going to track your data. We're, we're going we're gonna to track it in aggregate, but we're not going to drill it all the way down to, oh, here's Johnny's you know, browser history and yeah. what he's searching for and all that. Yeah. So you, you start searching there, 90%. I can find most of what I'm looking for 90 95% of the time on DuckDuckGo. Yeah. You can make it your your um, default uh, default browser, uh, default search engine in your browser. Yep. Okay. And so now you're giving that data not to Google, right? Yeah. So that's data now that Google can't have. Now, Google's a behemoth, obviously. All yeah. of these companies are. But as we slowly start to wake up and realize, I, I don't want to just hand you over my data for you to rate me with it. Yeah. I'm going to go somewhere else and... Uh, you know, I'm not anti corporations or whatever, but like, let's. I'm also. I also don't want to live in a, in a digital handcuffs either. Yeah. So, um, use DuckDuckGo over Google. Use Brave, the Brave browser over Chrome, mm -hmm. Firefox, even. Yep. Uh, you helped Safari. me set that up. Yep. Right. So once you get Brave, <laughs> um, make DuckDuckGo your default search yep. on it. Yep. Um, instead of the dollar, I think we're going to be moving to crypto stuff. Yeah. Um. Instead of uh, Twitter, there's one called Getter right now, which I don't know if that's great or not. Of course, as of this recording, yeah. Elon just bought a bunch of Twitter stock. So <laughs> yeah. maybe he's going to turn that ship around, yeah. which would be kind of nice. Yeah. Um, instead of Facebook, and this is to me maybe one of the biggest ones, it's what's going to be the new um, social network on blockchain? Because I think once that becomes a viable thing, I think you'll see an outflux of people from Facebook. I think people are fed up with Facebook. Yeah. But it's it's a very difficult. It's a necessary evil. It's almost. a necessary evil because that's where the people are. Right. Um, so I mean, obviously, there's there's other. And Facebook and Facebook knows that, which is why they're making a play on the metaverse. Yeah, and right? I think you know, I think if you're Zuckerberg, you're like, whatever, do whatever you want. I'm going to buy you out. I'm going to, I'll just acquire you. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, you know, or you know, he might create some competing things or right. whatever. I mean, they're not going anywhere, but um, but at the very excuse me, at the very least, if you're not using those entities, that that's a huge move right. to starting to uh, unravel the fascism that we're seeing in the world right now. Why should people even care? Because I think for the most part, people are like, and myself included, like, I have nothing to hide. I'm not doing anything. You know, you can search whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. Like, but the older I get, the, the more I see where things are going, the more I'm like, I'm not so sure that's such a great opinion anymore. Yeah. Why, why should people care? Because it's not about whether or not you're having anything to hide. It's the ability to, to track, manipulate. Uh, if I know your patterns, uh, if I know where you spend your money, if I know where you know how much time you're online, what are your what pisses you off? Mm -hmm. what, what do you like? What do you click on? What gets your attention? What mm -hmm. do you what's your porn history? What's this? What's that? If, I could, if you can create a whole profile, uh, on somebody, regardless, maybe you're not doing quote unquote anything wrong, but as a corporation or worse, as a um, fascist, mm -hmm. a Marxist, a communist, uh, a dictator, mm -hmm. if I know all of that information and I can see, you know, Johnny's looking into, he's doing some searches that uh, are more about freedom and more about, like, I don't, I don't want that. You know, right. I want him to kneel down and kiss the ring. Right. Right. So, um, they'll, shut, gonna... they'll shut down my, uh, my bank accounts. Oh, they can say your podcast. And they'll turn off my electricity or they'll... Exactly. You know, they'll... Which we're already seeing. We are already seeing that. They're doing that up in Canada. Do, they're doing it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, there are there are lots of uh, people online, influencers, whatever. A lot of people that aren't household names by any stretch, which is to me is scary because it's already gotten down to that point. Yeah. Right? We all know, of course, Trump got kicked off of Twitter. A sitting yeah. president got kicked off of essentially the largest, um, yeah. one of the largest um, communication platforms. Yeah. Right, but we're seeing that. Seeing a lot of people being deplatformed. Deplatformed, shadow banned, censored, uh, you know, completely removed uh, on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, it's alarming. And, yeah. and these are for, these aren't, you know, crazy people that are talking about, you know, trying to overthrow their government or whatever. Mm -hmm. it's, 
these are people that are just talking about, hey, there's a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Hey, what about this? Is it, you know, the, the, the most famous one is probably the Joe Rogan episode where mm-hmm. he was talking about, yeah, I got COVID. I took ivermectin. I took a whole handful of different things. Mm-hmm. And and they came down crazy hard on that. And you can see this play out. This is why people are waking up. Like, there's something off here. So to answer your question, it's not so much that you're doing anything wrong. It's that you're just, you're literally... Hit, we'll look back on this and say, oh, we got digitally raped, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what's happening is without our consent, they're taking our essence, our identity, our likes, our who we trust, who what our voting record is, what we want, mm-hmm. and they're manipulating it, channeling it, perverting it, mm-hmm. molding it for their advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's highly corrupt. Well, and I think about it in terms of even a, a simpler analogy that if I were a professional athlete and uh, you know the the competition were taking video of me you know or watching or using technology to figure out exactly every single choice or you know route that I'm looking if I'm a football player you know going up against Tom Brady or something like that and I'm like I don't care if they videotape me I don't care like watch let them watch me do all the things where I look at no videotape I don't do any of my. I'm just like I'm. I'm fine. I'm good. But they would have a significant advantage playing against me if they knew my behaviors, my instincts. My they'd set up defenses or offenses to completely obliterate me. Well, you know, because I'm. I'm not doing anything wrong. But the people who have the information may not be that innocent. Yes, and and um, if you just only look at it from a competitive advantage. <clears throat> those who hold the data hold the keys essentially. Yeah. Um, and to use a sports reference, um, do you remember seeing the movie Moneyball? Yeah, sure. Okay. So that changed the entire sports industry. Be- why? <clears throat> Here, here's baseball before. This is a fascinating expose. Baseball before yeah. data, if you will, big data, yeah. what we call big data. Uh, largely, people would say it was a very data-driven game mm-hmm. with averages and... Uh, you know, at bats and what's your slugging percentage and yep. pitching on base know. percentage. And there's so much data in baseball. Yeah. You think, right? And the movie does a, a good job, uh, despite Brad Pitt's horrible <laughs> acting. Does a good job of showing how the old guard was like. Hey, you have to have. There's. I know things that are nuanced. I know things that are intuition. You can't just come in and tell me. You can't have this twenty-something-year-old kid out of Stanford who's yeah. an, a, a statistician come in and say that he knows better. I know baseball. Yeah, I can look in these guys' eyes and, I, and there's Damon something there that I can. Yeah, the, the best player and exactly not be replaced with a no-name, just based off of numbers. Yes, you know? and so what? What the statistician saw, and what it's really cool to see how the how. Billy Bean in the movie, the manager of the Oakland Athletics at the time, yeah. was willing because he had, so essentially he had, for those that haven't seen the movie, the Oakland A's have to compete against the Yankees. Yeah. How does the Oakland A's, who I think at the time were less than a third uh, in salary? Oh, yeah, or less than that. I think, or yeah, like maybe, a tenth. maybe a quarter yeah. of uh, the Yankees' budget for their salary. How are they supposed to compete? Mm-hmm. And so he was looking for a competitive advantage, some kind of way to, to get his foot in the door. And it was when he saw the statistician say um, he was essentially he he uh, headhunted him from yeah. another organization yeah. because he saw that he was calling some shots over there, but they weren't giving him the credit that, that mm-hmm. was due. Mm-hmm. So anyway, once he joined forces with them and he saw, oh, they're looking at other data. That's again not so much anybody doing anything wrong, but they had access to visibility mm-hmm. because they had more data to see oh if we get this guy who doesn't necessarily look like your typical pitcher kick-ass pitcher or yeah, he throws player yeah. but if you look at the data that really counts it and i'll just end it on this because i'm geeking out a little bit but one of the cool um, scenes in the movie was when he said what is baseball what like how do you win at baseball yeah like oh you got to get the guy that hits the most home runs or the hit He's like, no, baseball is won by getting the least outs fewest, uh, quicker. Or, well, how did he say it? Yeah. You're getting your the outs, the total amount of outs as quickly as possible. Yeah, against the other yeah, team. The other and, team. and if you're trying to win, you're trying to get the outs the, the least amount, right? right? Right. And so, therefore, guys that get on base are more uh, – 
attractive to you than a guy that maybe has 30 home runs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because maybe the guy that hits 30 home runs strikes out a lot or whatever. So the guy that gets on base, that's not an out. He represents a non-out mm-hmm. at that event. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's how the A's were able to compete. And it was sneaky at the time because everybody was still looking at, you know, the strong, muscular... Yeah, um, or character. Yeah, or... Billy Bean says it well. He's like, we're not trying to sell blue jeans. You know, I'm not here yeah. to try to <laughs> win yeah. any fashion contests. I want to win baseball games. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but yeah, then then the whole league saw it at the end of that. They were like, oh, this is different. Yeah. What did they do? And they figured out, oh, he's looking at a whole different, he's looking at the game through an entirely new clarified lens. It's like looking at things in high definition. Yeah. Right? And so that's happening you know, it's been happening for the last couple of decades. Right. Um, as right. the internet came in, that data and all that information is, is now actionable. Right. And with that data and with that, you know, they can, they do have a competitive advantage. Yes. And if you're a, um, a dictator, yeah. you know, and if you're a power hungry psychopathic politician, yeah. Yeah. And you know, your goal is compliance, yeah. Then you can use that data to get to, to fabricate. Media narratives to what do they have over in China? Like a, the social social credit score, social credit score, yeah, which isn't like that that Black Mirror episode, yeah. It's like, like, oh, hi, good to meet you, good to see you, fucking asshole, you know, like if you get five stars and you're in the good graces of the government, yes, and if you speak up or you go against the government, then they give you they ding you and then you can't get a loan or you can't have bread or whatever, no. yes. Is that as simple as it can be? Yep, and that's what a lot of people think they're trying to do on a global scale. They being China, or they being just China's definitely a big player in this Russia. Country. Well, yeah, there's in my opinion, there's multiple interests that are yeah. wanting. There's to me, there's there's corruption, there's greed, there's um, uh, idealism. Like I think there are some people that are really strongly rooted in Marxism. Communism. They yeah. believe they really believe that the world should operate this way, and they're willing to do whatever to make that happen. I think yeah. there are just dictators that are power hungry. You know, like the headline I saw, or you, or you sent me, or I forget where I read it. That like, who is it? The new the NWO. I forget that said. You know, their goal by twenty thirty is for us to own nothing and be happy about it. Yeah. So WEF, the World Economic Forum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Klaus Schwab is yeah. the head of that, and that was his infamous now quote. Right. You'll own nothing and be happy. Right. Is that what you want? Right. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, he's going to own everything? Yeah. And he's going to be happy too? Yeah. 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 Did we, did we get a vote on this? Yeah. Did we get, yeah, people don't realize, a lot of people don't realize just how deep and how far down that path we've already gone. And we're just in that process of waking up and realizing, yeah, something's not right. Something smells funny. And again, this is that to me, at a fundamental layer, is the reason why we're also talking about blockchain, cryptocurrency. Itself. Right, and that's what I was going to say. Is that I believe this is a um, <clears throat> uh, a tangent that is very relevant, especially for this podcast, from the standpoint of the tends to be that the men that have the dictatorships, the men that have ruled the world typically have been little injured boys in men's bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all they want is to have power and then to uh, rape and, and what's the word? Pillage. Uh, pillage thank you. Um, the, the less fortunate, yeah. the less privileged. And I think uh, that's all the more reason to wake up and be like, okay, this this is an interesting idea, you know, or not even idea. It's a new platform. It's a new technology of, of cryptocurrency. And, you know, I think it could be pretty darn power. It already is pretty powerful, but it's, uh, it's super volatile right now too, which I think people are because there's, there's accountability, but what keeps, I guess people are scared to get into it because they don't know if it's just a fad or if it's just coming and going, will it become obsolete? Because I think it's so, uh, and and this is how I felt too, so kind of like tough for me to, to even understand, which is why I'm grateful to have the conversation and have you as a quote-unquote mentor in this, is like, because I don't understand it, I'm not going to get involved. Yeah. It's too much over my head. And then uh, potentially that I'm 
left out in the cold because I don't know what the fuck's going on and, you know, the world is moving. The train is going without me. Yes. You know, and I think uh, I think that's why it's important to obviously get into what's going on, right? Yeah. Because um, I think in the next, obviously, the next year, the next five years, things are going to go crazy, I think, in this. But do you feel like crypto and blockchain is here to stay? Do you feel like it yeah. could shift into some other type of technology that's even more, uh, I don't know, I mean, evolution, evolution would suggest that absolutely it'll evolve into something. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have, um, what do we call it, nanocomputing or whatever. Right. You know, somewhat around the corner. <clears throat> How that will change things, I don't know. But the, but the, this is why I think it's important to understand conceptually yeah. why blockchain is different than just fiber optic cables, yeah. know, the internet. Yeah. Right? Why is this technology different conceptually? than just the regular internet. So we've talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Because what comes next after that, who knows? But I think conceptually, it'll be an evolution to the blockchain. And yeah. there's probably going to be vulnerabilities or something we didn't see in the blockchain right. that will go, oh, you know what we really need? Blah, blah, blah. Right? And then we'll, right. we'll move in that direction. Right. But so uh, you asked a question a second ago. It's on my mind. Yeah, I forget either. But I, I would say uh, something that I think helped me understand was like, I just thought of cryptocurrencies as being all different types of like, oh, you have uh, Bitcoin yeah. and Dodge and Dodge and all these other like, they're, are they all trying to be different types of pennies and quarters? And in fact, it's more like, no, they're all different companies okay. with different technologies, right? Yes. That you're investing in. So it's kind of more like the stock market. Yeah. So we talked about that. That I had the same perception before I got in, into all this. One thing to note just real quick is where you are on a personality scale in terms of uh of the early adopter laggard yeah. scale yeah. right so i'm a, i'm an earlier adopter in fact i'm actually a late early adopter in the whole crypto space i yeah. knew there was something there and it kept paying and i'm like i need to get in this i know there's something there yeah but i kind of kept putting it off and then eventually i was like all right i need to get in this yeah so i'm in sort of the I think probably the last stages of the early adoption stage yeah you're probably in that next stage of like Right, it, and the very clear um, sort of everyday example that people can have on this is like with the iPhone. When the yep. back in the day when the new iPhone came out, you had the people that were lining up days in advance because they had to have that first iPhone. Yeah. Right, and then there was probably <clears throat> people like you that were like, "Oh, it's definitely cool. Like, it looks awesome. Yeah. I definitely want one. Am I going to spend the night for four yeah. nights? But like, no, I don't have to have the like, literal first one. Yeah. I'll get it in the first month. Yeah. Right. So. So there's that early bird, early adopter. Then there's sort of I forget the next phase is actually called, but it's like the mass, the masses that are right behind the early adopters. Yeah. yeah. Right. Then you have the masses that are kind of like, uh, yeah, I mean, I have a phone. Uh, I'm in a contract right now. Yeah. I, 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 you know what I use a phone for? I call people and I text. Why do I need a, a shinier mm-hmm. phone to do it? So they justify themselves to stay in that space, which is yeah. Uh, sort of sounded like a, a critique. It's not a critique. It's just. No, but why? Why would I buy a, a new phone for twelve hundred dollars when I have a phone that's a flip phone for fifty dollars? There you go. Right, and for that person, that the phone is just to do those certain functions. Yeah, it does it well. Yeah. Why do I need a more yeah. expensive version? Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's sort of that, and then you have the people at the very end, you know, who are still doing using the rotary dial phone mm-hmm. until there's no more to even buy anymore. Like <laughs> right. we call them the laggards. Right. right. They're the right. last to kind of come aboard. Right. So in, if you look at that growth curve. We're still very much in the early adoption phase. Um, the fact that you and I are having this conversation right now is a, a, a little bit of a, a clue even just to me. Like we're just now tipping over into the masses starting to say, okay, I keep hearing about this. It doesn't seem to be going away. Man, that Bitcoin price keeps going up. Uh, so-and-so just bought you know a billion dollars worth. Uh, institutional money is starting to come into it. That's what I really started to notice. Right. Yeah. So, so somebody like yourself <clears throat> will look at that and go, it's too complicated, it's too volatile, it's too speculative, it's not secure. We have no idea if it's going to even work. Yeah. I need more verification before I'm going to take time and energy away from what I'm focused on right now. Yeah. Bef- you know, right? So <clears throat> you're starting to see those things. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that looks at it on a fundamental layer and says, fundamentally why did this exist in the first place why is this even here what problem is it solving mm-hmm. let me look at the infrastructure i have a tiny bit of experience and i say tiny bit i have experience in the tech world mm-hmm. so i understand a little bit of 
the tech side of it to say, okay, I see what they're doing here. I see why this is different than what else. So I know from a trend standpoint, from a human psychology standpoint, oh, we're going to start building here and those what gets built isn't going to go away. And then people are going to build on top of that. They're going to build on top of that. And it's just going to create more and more energy, et cetera. So I know as an early adopter, I want to get into that space. To answer your question, I had the same issue with the cryptocurrencies. Like, how many thousands of crypto coins can you even have? Are they all competing yeah. to just be essentially the dollar replacement? Yeah. So that was my initial thought, too. That's what I was, yeah. Once I started to dig into it and, and learn a little bit more, I started to understand, oh, these different currencies have different principles, um, different protocols around them, different techno uh, technology, yeah. different um, team of developers, different, frankly, marketing, mm -hmm. right? So all of these things factor into how well one of these currencies are adopted and also in what way would that be adopted? Most people who are buying Bitcoin right now are not buying Bitcoin so that they can buy their groceries with it. Mm -hmm. They're buying Bitcoin primarily as a storage of wealth um, because uh, because of the principles that we started to talk about earlier that, that um, constitute sound money. It's portable, it's finite, right? Um, it's divisible. Right. Um, even though even though Bitcoin, um, for those that don't know, there's only a certain number of Bitcoin that are gonna ever be mined and created. And at once the last Bitcoin is mined and created, there will be no more Bitcoin. So there's mm -hmm. a finite amount, just like there is in the real world in gold. Mm -hmm. um, but one Bitcoin can be broken down into, I think, the millionth of a fraction, if I'm not mistaken. So one Bitcoin, you know, di digitally can be mm -hmm. divisible, divided up. You know, you can take a hundred bucks and buy a Bitcoin with it. Mm -hmm. so you can own a little bit of Bitcoin with a hundred bucks even. Even though right now as of this recording, it's at what, 46,000 mm -hmm. you know, per coin. Um, <clears throat> so it's divisible, right? These are, these are um, components of, of sound money. So as, so that's one reason why people are attracted to Bitcoin, but there's now other currencies that, um, you mentioned Dogecoin a minute ago. Dogecoin has an infinite amount. So they can basically push a button and print a billion more of those, mm -hmm. right? So that goes against philosophically, principally, what I like to see in a currency if I'm going to buy it to hold value, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You might speculate in it. You might <clears throat> roll the dice with it. But that's a different risk, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, when you look at some of these other technologies, um, Litecoin, for example, Right, so Litecoin or Ethereum, Ethereum is the second most popular cryptocurrency. Yep. Yep. Um, Ethereum, the reason why it's the second most is because of the technology that it's built on. Bitcoin being the very first one came out, the technology that it's built on, uh, the, the data that it needs to send over its infrastructure, over its, you know, again, this is where I start to tap out of my sure. technical expertise. Sure. But at least conceptually, the data that it sends from point A to point B is not very uh, efficient. Mm -hmm. So Ethereum came along, they created a much more efficient infrastructure, uh, like way more efficient. So not only is there now the Ethereum token, the Ethereum coin that you can buy as an actual currency, but there is the Ethereum network that other um, uh, applications are being built on mm -hmm. that are much more technologically efficient mm -hmm. and why that actually matters in a real world beyond just the obvious that it's more efficient um, that requires less computing power mm -hmm. therefore it costs less electricity mm -hmm. therefore it's less um, damage to the planet in terms of you know uh, carbon so there's a lot of there's a lot of advantages to doing it more efficiently you know you can transact more quickly yeah it has a bigger pipeline <clears throat> right more people can use it bitcoin can get clogged up whatever. but again in some respects that's actually why it's sort of valuable because it's slow moving because it's like gold you can't you would have to have a freaking wagon well if you mm -hmm. had a a huge safe of it like would you do you not want a safe full of gold right now yeah. in your yeah. basement like a lot of people would take that mm -hmm. be, but it is heavy it is cumbersome it is Impractical. Impractical. You're not going to take gold to get groceries. Exactly. Right. So much the same. It's kind of interesting how we've mirrored that in the digital <clears> space. With yeah. Bitcoin. Because it's only, I mean, Ethereum will be replaced soon enough by something that's bigger and faster. Well, will yeah. always be the case. I mean, not necessarily. Just like we talked about before with Facebook. Is there a better version of Facebook out there? There's probably a much better experience out there. The, the, the one that I always love is eBay. Like uh, back in the day, I used to, I was on eBay more. 
it was such a pain in the ass to make a listing. It took me 20 minutes like per listing because you had to add all mm-hmm. these things. It was such a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. And these new sites kept popping up and like interface-wise and, and engaging with it, like I could list things in 30 seconds. It was so much better. But why would I, so why would I not go to that? Because all the people are on the eBay, right? right? So there's a, a critical mass with these yeah. entities that it's going to take some time to siphon people away to yeah. a, new t- a new thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the cost to leave is too high. Okay, that makes sense, to. right? And it just takes time to move the masses and so adopt and think, think. When Google came out, the the number one search engine at the time was Yahoo, and they were huge. Mm-hmm. Like they were the behemoth. Mm-hmm. Google came out and crushed Yahoo within like less than twelve months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because why? Well, because it's not that difficult for somebody to go, eh, I'm going to go to Google and study Yahoo. Yeah. I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. And then they gave it a shot and they go, oh, it's far better. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. So the, the, the cost to leave Yahoo was very, very little. Mm-hmm. The cost to leave Facebook, especially if you're a business owner and you market there, where are you going to get? Like, that's where everybody's at. Yeah. So there's a huge cost to leave. Yeah, I certainly same Same thing though, with that. some of these currencies. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want a, a new and up and coming currency that nobody really is, there's no liquidity there mm-hmm. where there's, almost now a trillion plus going into Bitcoin, there's way more liquidity. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, I think uh, this is this is the 101 version, right? Yeah, we, I feel like we didn't even get to the full <laughs> part of the 101. Well, we need to, and I think that's why we've talked about doing a, a more in-depth dive, you know, and maybe putting it on video for, uh, for the guys that are listening so they can kind of really jump into, you know, it just, and slow down and, and we can map things out maybe with a, <laughs> with a easel and a white pad or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate it. That's not all super helpful and helps even answer some of the questions that I had in my mind. But yeah, I think we could get into what are wallets and exchanges and what's the difference? What's all, you know, what, what's your, uh, even your investment um, outcome? What's your, I mean, do you want to buy and hold? Do you want to make money? Do you like, there's so many different things that we can go into still, I feel like in the one-on-one conversation yes so can, can we leave people with a, a, a call to action so that they can get some tangible value out of this for sure no uh-uh. shoot yep come over to my podcast <laughs> yeah pete's been podcasting longer than i have um and i've also made a, a a rule that i would not drink anything carbonated otherwise while i'm recording otherwise i'm just burping the whole time is that what you're trying to say well, yeah, and I think it was just funny that you and I both cracked one open before we started <laughs> recording. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, go, yeah, what's the Well, so, so if you're not yet involved in crypto uh, and you're interested, you see the writing on the wall, or you just want to participate, yeah. or or even if none of that, <laughs> if, if you could just take uh, somebody's uh, recommendation, or, I'll, you know, I'll just leave it at that. If you're interested in this and you want to do it, Go download um, Coinbase uh, on your phone. It's an app on your phone. Coinbase is an exchange where you can buy various cryptocurrencies. Um, set up an account. Buy your first crypto, even if it's 20 bucks, 50 bucks, or whatever. Go through that process because there's a handful of hurdles that you got to move through. There's one called um, K, um, Know Your Customer, KYC. It's called KYC, Know mm-hmm. Your Customer. Where once you sign up, then they're going to ask you, let me see, picture, validate your identity, essentially. So you're mm-hmm. going to send in your, your driver's license or whatever it is. Yeah. Go through all of that so that you have the account. Mm-hmm. So that if something happens and you're like, oh, I want to buy more quickly, you are, you're already set up and you're already good to go. Yeah, right. Right. Um, I did say, we did talk a lot about decentralization, decentralization in the crypto space. Understand that in that infrastructure, there are centralized players coinbase is a centralized player mm-hmm. okay so there is they are a company that you know could turn on turn off your investments or whatever like i don't think they're going to do that but just fyi there there are centralized organizations on blockchain people are still yeah still controlling all this people still running for sure everything for sure uh we can get into wallets and all this stuff in another conversation but at the very least go on to coinbase download that buy your first um cryptocurrency whether it's Bitcoin or whatever it is that you want to buy. Also, they have a quick little, like, um, they'll pay you to learn. So these, there's these little, my son did it at the time. He was, uh, like, 12 and 13 years old. Mm-hmm. He was going, and they're little 30-second, you know, videos. And mm-hmm. then they ask you a little quiz. 
you do it, you get paid. You get paid mm. a little bit of the cryptocurrency and whatever it is that they're trying to teach you. <laughs> Interesting. So there are people that have made tens of thousands of dollars by earning $20 worth of a coin, and then all of a sudden that coin just takes off, and mm. they own you know, 100 of them, and now all of a sudden they have... Wow. Yeah. So... Um, have lots of kids. That's what you're saying. Have a lot of kids. <laughs> make sure they take quizzes. Download them. Yeah. And ride, ride, ride off your kids. There's a very solid, clear RL. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, thank you. Thanks for uh, starting the conversation. One yeah. of many, because I think it's helpful to to me and for a lot of guys that that don't know really jack about cryptocurrency or NFTs or all that stuff. So, we'll get it rocking and rolling and keep the conversation. Sure. Going. If people have questions, uh, ask Johnny, and maybe we can ask him on the next podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, people can follow you on Instagram and your website. Where can people connect with you if they want to? I'm on Instagram at Peter King X. Um, you can also find me at Wired for Impact, and you can find my blog uh, or I mean my podcast at ImpactNow.com, uh, or you can search for it on Spotify or Apple or just about anywhere else. It's called Wired for Impact. Peter King Triple X was already taken, I assume. Uh, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, that's too bad. Too bad. Really? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm going to take it up with the trademark office because I feel like I. I Maybe there'll be a new Instagram and you can jump on that quick as you're an early adopter and you can lock in your new handle on the new social metaverse or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyways, thank you guys for listening. Uh, join us for the next one and uh, feel free to uh, check out my bros social media follow them there's always so much good content there um and if you have any questions like i said hit me up shoot me a dm email whatever we'll catch up with you on the next episode of the becoming kings podcast take care that's it for this one and i want to thank you for listening hey if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more please feel free to subscribe to the podcast and if you think others may benefit from it also Share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.